Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Two Girls, One Ship, the podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. I'm Genesis, the girl who loves her V and is here to support you in every aspect of your life, babe. Oh gosh. I'm Gravata, the girl who loves you too and uh, does not love my kidney stone. <laughs> That's what she's talking about. Uh, it's been um, it's been a challenge, uh, but I'll be okay. <sighs> If you're new here, welcome to the beautiful chaos. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of fucking. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters using specific in-game dialogue. So if you want to stay spoiler free, then this isn't the podcast for you. So here's your fucking spoiler alert. Thanks for the spoiler alert, N7. And just like with all of our previous episodes, we'll assume that you have some background knowledge of the game and character in question, but we'll be providing context for any of you who may be unfamiliar. Today, we're going to talk about two characters. We're going to circle back to Caden and discuss his romance with Male Shepherd. The differences are enough that we thought it warranted some extra discussion apart from his romance with Femshub. But first... We'll be talking about the romance you can have with Steve Cortez in Mass Effect 3. All right, it's time to hop on Cortez's shuttle and help him forget all about his dead husband. Wait, <laughs> that doesn't sound very romantic, does it? Are you okay? I've just been standing here holding this for I don't know how long. He'll always be a part of me. Your past is yours. No one can take that away. I love you, but I know you. Don't make me an anchor. Promise me, Steve. Goodbye, Robert. I'm glad you came. Lieutenant Stephen Cortez is an only child, and he lost both of his parents years ago, so his only family was his husband, Robert. Steve has been in the Alliance since around 2176, and his first duty station was in the First Fleet aboard the SSV Hawking piloting F-16 Tridents. He'll tell you all about it whenever you talk. It was clearly the happiest time in his life so far. Unfortunately, the happiness didn't last. Robert was stationed at the Ferris Fields in 2185, and the collectors abducted the whole colony. The clip you just heard included a portion from Robert's last call to Steve, who was working construction at a remote station not far from Ferris Fields. Robert warned him to escape before the collectors got to his site, too. And as you heard, asked Steve to let him go. Don't make me an anchor. But how could Steve so easily let go of the one man in the whole galaxy who really loved him? So sad. It's pretty early on in the game where you can conveniently overhear Steve listening to that clip tears running down his face. It's a nice signal to the player that Steve is not off the table, grief be damned, because his late husband basically ordered him to move on. 
Five months prior to the Reaper invasion, Steve was assigned to the retrofit team on the Normandy to relocate the armory from behind the CIC to the shuttle bay. He also is responsible for maintaining the armory, a duty he shares with Lieutenant James Vega. He served with Vega before on Fell Prime, and they are friends, so some of their banter is really cute. Stereotypically, it seems like an unlikely friendship, a gay shuttle pilot and a meathead special forces soldier. But Mass Effect has inverted many a trope before, and it's not about to stop now. They've also managed to continue many tropes as well, but we'll get to that when we get to talk about Caden. He may not have always been one, but in Mass Effect 3, Steve is a workaholic. At any time he is not busy, it is time that his thoughts are inevitably drifting away towards Robert and the love he has for him with nowhere to go. Shepard can actually convince him to take some time off and ask Steve what he likes to do for fun. Turns out he likes to watch the ships fly by in and out of dock with the audio emulators turned off so it is silent. He will take Shepard's advice and begin to hang out at the Citadel docks, watching the ships pull in and out. This also allows him plenty of time to think about things, and he is still firmly planted in the depression stage of grief. One day, Shepard can watch the ships with Steve, and he'll point out a Turian warship that has seen better days. Looking for Drydock, I bet. She's seen battle. Look at the waiver in her drive core emissions. Alone, limping, looking for a haven. Maybe it would have been better to just go down fighting, like their families back home. Are you talking about the Turians or yourself? I should have been there. With Robert. I'm glad you weren't. You'd be dead, and we'd never have met. Yeah. Well, that's the one good thing from all this. I'm glad to serve with you, Shepard. The Reapers are expecting victory. They won't get it. Nobody is giving up. Not those Turians. Not me. Not you. Oof. Are you fired up? I'm fired up. I do love motivational speeches. Brought to you by Commander Shepard. This pep talk does help to move Steve up into the acceptance stage of grief. But you have to remember something about grief. It isn't a set of stairs. You don't climb one after the other in a neat little trip that, upon reaching acceptance, you're just good forever now. Nope. It's more like a buoy in the ocean. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, and you're always getting tossed about. Eventually the seas die down, but the ocean of grief is always there. You're forever changed by it, and so is Steve. But Shepard can be that steadying force and motivate Steve to get back in action, which is exactly what he does. Hanging out on the Citadel, taking some much-needed downtime, also allows Steve to get back in touch with some of his old pilot friends. And he forwards their contact information to Admiral Hackett. He starts wanting to fight again. And he sure does. Steve is what you call a jack-of-all-trades, or a do-anything soldier. He may have started out as an Alliance fighter pilot, but his job on the Normandy is technically your logistics officer. He is a shuttle pilot because he's the closest thing to a shuttle pilot the crew has. And he even joins in your boots on the ground style for the Leviathan and Citadel DLC missions. And we're actually going to talk about his Citadel romance scenes in this episode, because if we don't, this would be a really short episode. Steve just wasn't given enough time. Mm-hmm. He sure wasn't. So yes, we'll talk more about the issue of time soon enough. According to Steve's tropes, he's what you'd call a straight gay man, having none of the stereotypically gay mannerisms, and yet is gay. He's still the sensitive man to James's manly man, but he also just comes off as a normal military man. After you've been supporting and flirting with Steve enough, eventually he will invite you to the Purgatory Bar on the Citadel for a drink. This is his lock-in romance scene, just like with everyone else. It happens on the Citadel. I think it's cute that it happens in the Purgatory Bar, because Steve is caught admiring the male form on more than one occasion. He'll be caught watching James Vega work out, and the male dancers in this club. 
It's so good. I love it. Shepard, you made it. Come have a drink with me. You're looking happy. You had it right. Yesterday can't change. Tomorrow, we might all be dead. Today is what matters. I'm not wasting it. I wouldn't have thought a club would be to your tastes. You don't have to get all hot and bothered to appreciate graceful dancing. There's an energy here. There's light. Some of the eye candy in the crowd isn't too shabby either. I'm hurt. Why aren't you looking over here? Who said I'm not? I hear a few ladies have shown interest, but you haven't bitten yet? I haven't had the right moment with the right man. Oh, really? Dance with me. Lead the way. It's good to see you like this. Relaxing. Yeah. I'm used to seeing you step off my shuttle right into hell. And I wait and worry about whether you'll make it back. You care. You're our commander, but you've been there for me. You're a good friend, Shepard. I want to be more than just friends, Steve. I thought I felt something between us. Today is a good day. Tonight, it'd be better. I'm sure it could. Here. For the time we have together. Let's not take one moment for granted. Okay, I'm sorry, but are you kidding me? Tonight could be better. That was pure fucking lust dripping from that man's voice, and I am all here for it. That is the second time that the bro Shep has hit my sexiest lines list. Hey, you know what? Maybe as a part of a Mass Effect wrap-up, I'll make a compilation of all my favorite hottest fuck lines. But back to business. My bro Shep had a slightly different interaction than this one. I had been flirting with Caden, of course, and Steve says, I know that you and Elenko have a thing together, and I didn't want to intrude, but do you still want to dance? <laughs> and in another version, Steve says, as far as I know, you've never been with anyone. And Shep replies, never found the right moment with the right man. And it's true. If you saved Ashley as a gay man, this is your first opportunity to be in a relationship. But I also love that the version that we played is full of safety nets and graceful exits. Steve is making sure that Shepard is comfortable and has a way to back out, which makes sense for these two because they have been living and working in non-queer spaces. While Steve might guess at Shepard's sexuality, they haven't had any overt discussions, and he hasn't seen any key indicators about it, so he can't be sure. If you are a gay man playing these games, you've had to wait until this final installment for a chance at a romance that suits your sexuality. In fact, the first two games don't show any gay men at all. There aren't even any visibly gay NPCs, while lesbian femsheps have been able to have a pseudo-lesbian romance with Liara since the first game, and a fling with her secretary in the second one. Back to Steve. Honestly, as a woman player myself, I didn't realize this at all, this, the whole thing about there not being any gay romance options until Mass Effect 3. I didn't realize this at all until very recently. From my perspective, this has always been a very inclusive franchise, but that isn't exactly the case, is it? In the first and second game, gay male shepherds have to actively resist unwanted female attention. Like, heck, you hit the wrong dialogue and you suddenly have an unforeseen sex scene with Shire the consort in the first game. And there's a number of women who thank Shepard for his help with some touching, like stroking his arm or giving him a kiss on the cheek. This is what's called a heteronormative agenda, a.k.a. the player has to exist in a world that pretends they don't and insists you engage in attractions that they are not actually aimed at you. To get all the way to the third game as a gay male shepherd with your identity intact requires a level of vigilance that players of other sexualities just don't need to do. Now... If you've managed to play this long without a romance to suit your sexuality, 
you do get a cute payoff with Steve, though. Like, it really pays off in the downtime between the missions. These two flirt in every conversation they have. Most of them reference sex in some fashion or a deep romantic connection, including some personal favorites of mine. After Priority Rannoch, when Legion is flying the ship and Shepard and all the little squatties have to sit in a storage compartment, it's called Tight Quarters. And Steve goes, Tight Quarters? It's the first time I've been jealous of your squad mates. To which Shep replies, Sure, next time we can try under the bed, if you'd like. And I blushed at that one. I was like, these two talk about it all the time. It's great. Or after a playful banter fight where he calls Vega a jarhead, Steve turns around to Shep and almost angrily says, hey, get out of here. I like the view as you walk away. And I was like, oh, oh, I love this. Now, since Cortez isn't a squatty, they give him more unique downtime conversations than with any of the others. And his romance has even more dialogue. I really like that they did that. So, dipping now into the Citadel DLC. There are a few really cute scenes with Steve as your romance. And Shepard makes it back to the apartment after the whole fish tank scene. Cortez will say, Let that be a lesson. Sneak off for a dinner date with another man and you get shot at. Referencing the sushi date with Joker. Now, it's said in a cute tone. And I like it. Like we said earlier, Steve actually takes up an M8 Avenger and fights alongside with you against the clone. And when that whole situation is dealt with, he will invite you down to the Silver Sun Strip. He wants to take a joyride in the Kodiak. And the conversation shows just how much Steve really cares for Shepard and how much he loves him. I didn't know this shuttle had virtual windows. Bet there's more you don't know about this bird. What's that supposed to mean? Before Mass Effect fields, there was no such thing as inertial dampeners. Yeah. Here, feel this. That, my friend, is unadulterated momentum. Wanna really feel it? Show me. <laughs> you see? Doesn't take much to pull a few G's. Back in the day, pilots would wear G-suits. It squeezes your body so that the blood stays in your head in tight maneuvers. Are you trying to seduce me, Steve? <laughs> Always. You miss flying fighters? Can't imagine you're too thrilled to be flying a shuttle. Hell no. I'm not just any shuttle pilot. I'm your shuttle pilot. Wouldn't have it any other way. When you're on the ground, weapon in hand, you're invincible. But when we're approaching an LZ, you're just another soldier. Vulnerable. Nothing you can do if we're shot down. Getting you to the ground alive is a responsibility I can't give to anyone else. I love you. I love you too, Steve. You know, this Kodiak has autopilot, and it is rather cozy back there. I love this scene because I imagine just Steve dropping Shepard and his companions off on missions and then fretting in the shuttle the whole time. <laughs> adding this in, adding the romance in, just applies a whole new layer to what could be just your friendly shuttle pilot. He's Steve the man in love with the man he has to drop into hell holes all the time and then fly away. It's exceptionally poignant knowing his husband died. You'd think Steve would really struggle with intentionally placing his new love into harm's way, but that's what he has to do. And what control he can retain, he does. That's why he won't let anyone else shuttle Shepard where he needs to go. There's also a really cute scene in the apartment with James and Steve where you watch a Biota Ball game and take some bets on who will win. James eventually leaves the two of you to snuggle on the couch. It's an adorable bit of normalcy in this apocalyptic time. Oh, and one last thing that I liked about Citadel, just before we move on, 
Steve is the only romance option that doesn't make fun of the shepherd shuffle during the party. And I love that about him. Yeah, he doesn't make fun of the shuffle because he has the sexiest line ever. I know you have rhythm where it matters. And damn. All right. But you know what? I would never bet against my man either, Cortez. And the Vega line of, oh, I know when I'm the fifth wheel, you two have fun. I'm like, okay, I like you. But now, now we've got the crucible all ready to go. And we're about to go and take on the Reapers in the final battle. And our romance culmination scene is upon us. So let's listen to our big romance scene with Steve. The armory is prepared. The shuttle is primed. It'll still be a few hours before the fleet's mobilized, though. Now we just wait. Yeah. I was hoping you might want to wait together. Stay here with me. Till the call comes. Of course. Not one moment for granted. And that's it. That's it. These two fuck more often than any of the other romances. Like, the Shankomance alludes to it a few times. Shakarians, we get hints of a few nights. But these two seem like they go at it all the time. Why not fucking show it? After every mission, Steve hardcore flirts and references their physical affection all the time. But we never see it. I'm not asking for much. But can we please get more than a handhold and a fade to black on a kiss? <sighs> Show me the scene under the bed. Show me the scene where they are throwing across all of the after-action reports. Steve is just up there to help Shepard fill out every night. They allude to so much fun, yet they decided to not show it. Okay, it is cute that they wake up in their matching Alliance black boxers when Shep wakes up from his nightmare. Oh, I'm also just sad that there isn't more for me to discuss. Another issue I have was brought up last week with the tally romance. <sighs> so, we just heard the entire culmination scene between Steve and Shepard. And I can play it again if needed. But let me also play you this scene. It's going to take a few more hours for the fleet to mobilize. I hate the waiting. I've been trying to find ways to pass the time. Come up with anything good? I thought maybe you could use some company tonight. Will you stay here with me? Until the call comes? For as long as you want. There's not much difference between those two. The blocking is the same. The little hand-holding is the same. Almost the exact same dialogue happens. And I think that's bullshit. What about you, V? What do you think? Um, I think, here's my thing. It's like, I, it blows my mind that we, well, I know we're talking about Tally, actually. So let me back up. I think it's kind of weird that we got to see more with Tally's romance scene in the second game and nothing in the third game. Like she kind of Jaguar pounces on him in the second game, you know, after she takes her mask off. And we don't get anything like that in the third game. So it's just weird. Um, and I, it just blows my mind that we've waited so long for a gay romance scene and we don't get one, really. Caden at least gets a very short animation, but Steve just gets a fade to black. Like, Liara gets a very sensual and beautiful fantasy fantasy scene, but Tally gets nothing. None of the more alien-looking romance companions do either. Like, it's weird how we got a bit more action with Tally the second game, like I said. Nothing in the third. And these two gay romances don't really have a lot on offer. 
I can't help but wonder if the romances that were viewed to be the most attractive to look at, heteronormatively speaking, got a more in-depth scene. Much more effort was put into the scenes with a male and female character or two female characters, once again seeming to send a message that these scenes are only for certain people's enjoyment. I can't help but feel alienated when I don't get to see my shepherd bang her Turian. But people get to mind-melt orgasm with Liara. Don't kink-shame me, Bioware. <laughs> yeah. Now, the final goodbye. That's gotta be really sweet, right? Nope. The final goodbye between Shepard and Steve is also very anticlimaxy. After Steve drops you off in London, if you haven't befriended him at all, he'll die. But we romanced him, so he'll live. Now here is what the final goodbye sounds like. You're alive. So are you. When I saw that explosion, that's a feeling I never want to have again. I apologize for that. Things got too hot. Thought maybe I could do another run and head back around. Well, not one of my finer moments. If I'd been flying my old trident, things might have been different. What matters is we took out that AA gun. Absolutely. And the Reapers are next. That's the idea. It'll happen. Remember when I said you inspire optimism? It's because victory always follows you. Well, it helps to know I'm not alone out here. Never. I'll be waiting for you. Just come back in one piece, okay? I will. It breaks my heart. I don't like it. Steve is just gonna lose another lover. Also, like... They couldn't let him be there in person. He gets to be a hologram. <laughs> and the way he's talking is like so robotic. Like he's just talking to a coworker. Doesn't really sound special for being romanced. I mean, the same goes for if you've romanced Jack or Miranda. You don't get them there either. Or Thane or Jacob. Yeah, Cortez was there. Like, he dropped you off. You know, he, he could have maybe showed up. Yeah. But what would he be doing at the forward operating base? All right. Now, let's take a quick mid-break, listen to some fun facts, and hear from our sponsors. And, of course, thank our patrons. Mid-break dance. Okay, most people know this one, but there's a pretty funny audio mishap with Steve. When recording audio for making your way to the forward operating base, some of the files went missing or got corrupted. The only version of any shepherd yelling, Steve, when the shuttle is crashing, is the version of Mark Mir yelling it to a romanced Steve. He talked about it on a video I watched a long time ago, and there were variations for like, uh, oops, he died, Steve? And a Cortez for like, he's my buddy and I'm seeing his ship crash. And there is no FemShep version of this line. So as far as I know, Jennifer Hale's version just went away forever. So the only version of the Steve line we get is this one. Steve! And it just makes me laugh. Because that is what you would sound like if you saw your lover's ship falling from the sky. But if it's a dude you didn't really fucking talk to. Steve! But now it's time to thank the patrons. I don't think any of them are named Steve. But I'd like to thank Steve. Anyways. <laughs> and of course, Apollo, Lizzie, Toasty, Becky, Bat Knight, Cloudy, Wynn, Mystheos, and the Cups. Very much appreciated. Thank you, thank you so much. And maybe one day I will yell all of your names out with the massive amounts of love that Mark Mir shows towards Steve. That was always very impressive. Okay, Jen, are you ready to discuss your boy with your other boy? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. Nice to see you in action on the car lot. It was 
Pretty hot. Why, thank you. What would I do without you? <laughs> You'll never find out. I love that little chat so much. It is the perfect encapsulation of the attraction that Caden and Shepard have for each other, and then the sweet and emotional vulnerability that is Caden. Ugh, I love it. We are mainly going to be talking about the differences between the Femship and the Broship Caden romances. So if you want more information on the plot of Mass Effect 3, or as Caden's potential part in it, please go back and listen to our episode 66, where we cover the Femship romance. Or if you want even more Caden, I sat down with the Mass Effect Forecast boys on their episode 90, the pro-Caden perspective, and furthered my love affair even farther. As we've said before a few times tonight, Mass Effect 3 is the first time a gay man can truly roleplay a Commander Shepard without compromising their sexuality. We've had two games that have had a plethora of romance options, including a lesbian option in the first game with a female presenting Liara, and then with Kelly and Samara or Morinth in Mass Effect 2, and then Liara, Kelly, Diana, Trainer, Samara, and yet not one was available for gay broships. By far, the most options available are for the straight bros, followed by the queer femmes, followed by the straight femmes, and then at the end of the trilogy, we have two characters finally available as gay male romances. And only one of them is a companion that you can actually go out on missions with. Yeah. I mean, I know we've mentioned this already in this episode, but that fact still blows my mind. To play an explicitly gay male hero in Mass Effect is not just about waiting around for the third installment for your romance options, but also pushing back against a hetero assault on your senses. This doesn't really happen if you play as Femshep, but if you're playing Broshep, the first two games assume you are straight. Back in 2010, Bioware co-founder Ray Muzika, don't know how to say that name, Ray Muzika, did an interview with IGN about the release of Mass Effect 2, and we'll put the link for the interview in the description. They directly asked him why there were gay romances in Dragon Age, but not in Mass Effect. And to summarize his response, he basically said the games are different. Dragon Age is a first-person true RPG, but Mass Effect is a third-person narrative where you play as a, quote, predefined character. You don't have a wide-open choice matrix. You choose tactical abilities. And this enables a deeper, richer, predefined character. So, as he said, it's not as wide-open. And this was back when Dragon Age Origins was the only Dragon Age game out at the time. But still, you can choose Shepard's gender their backstory, their abilities, their appearance, their morality. You can choose their sexuality explicitly because there are romance options, but they very conspicuously leave out gay options. So while you can choose to be bi, straight, or a lesbian throughout the first two games, you cannot be a gay male Shepherd. So what exactly is it about Shepherd that is predefined apart from their last name? Uh, they're body shape that's a good point and these are all very valid critiques but it is also simultaneously true that bioware was the leader for queer companions and romance visibility in the AAA game studio space when knights of the old republic came out in 2003 it was the first critically successful AAA rpg that was queer inclusive Mass Effect probably made an even bigger impact visibility-wise, thanks for Fox News getting up in arms over Liara's sex scene in the first game. But they also featured Joker, a disabled character, as a hero figure as well. And Thane is living with a terminal disease. Visibility does not always mean progress, though. But luckily, Bioware started their mission for inclusivity early, 
So many studios are still not brave enough to to feature inclusive content the way Bioware has. But we have a long way to go. And I think that's what makes Mass Effect so special. It takes the straight military war hero stereotypes and completely subverts them. While the standard issue Broshep and Caden are both built like male models, bodies honed into weapons of war, they can be gay here! Gay men can save the universe! And that's huge. Caden's probably yeah. also huge. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, <laughs> what exactly is huge? His pectorals, that's what you're talking about, right? Mm hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, another straight into this point is another bit of subverted tropes here is the eye candy. Usually, you know, like Miranda. But unfortunately, in this game, the eye candy is Caden's naked torso when he's battered and bruised in the hospital bed. Like we said in Ashley's episode, we would rather they left his shirt on or maybe some bandages than seeing his, albeit impressive, chest exposed. He almost died. Then again, he goes and says something like this. Does he want to flirt in this state? Me to know. You said your implant got rattled. Everything good? Uh, the medical gibberish was a bit more impressive, but that's what I took away. Rattled. Found a great doc at HQ that's fascinated by the L2 implant. Kind of her pet project. The headaches are as bad as ever, but she's, she's got me on a regimen of acupuncture and meds and some nasty tasting concoction. Won't tell me what it is. But my biotics are stronger than ever. Maybe some things get better with age. Or maybe you have. <laughs> are you flirting with me, Commander? Wait, wait. Don't tell me. Let me live in the illusion. It makes sense to me that this is where Caden starts the flirting. Shep died. Caden never got the chance to tell him how he felt. And now Caden almost died. If I had been harboring feelings for someone, and then the stars align, we are both single. I have a new lease on life. I'ma shoot my shot. Or at the very least, drop out a feeler or two. Now, just like with all the others, the lock-in scene with Caden takes place on the Citadel takes place at the cafe, just like with the Femshep romance. But what the two discuss is far different. Just listen to this whole conversation, and then try to tell me it isn't the cutest thing ever. What are you drinking? <laughs> if you're trying to butter me up, it might take a nice steak sandwich, too. So? Shot of whiskey and a good old Canadian lager. Think they have it? More likely to have Paterian shard wine. At my parents' place in Vancouver, <laughs> drank more than a few beers on their balcony looking over English Bay. Yeah. Beautiful view. You know what, though? I feel good about our chances. Yeah? Yeah. Lets me sleep better at night. You not sleeping, Caden? Maybe a little restless. It's just, you plan a career, you focus, and then... Suddenly the world's ending and it's too late to, uh, to find someone. Someone? Yeah, someone. Someone strong and confident. Someone I admire and respect and enjoy being with. Someone handsome. <laughs> Taller, I know. But I don't really have to look far. Shepard. <sighs> That's what I want. What do you want? You and me? Is that what you're saying, Cade? It feels right, doesn't it? Be nice to have someone to turn to when things get grim. Someone to live for. Maybe love. <laughs> someone? You, Cade. <laughs> it does. It does feel right. After all this time... Like that a lot, and that makes me so happy. And there are benefits to that happiness. Really? Yes. 
Really? What'd you call it? A uh, sanity check? Mm. Sanity check. I cannot get over how open and honest, how vulnerable and emotionally connected these two are. I fucking love this Caden romance. Hmm. I know. I think it's like, it's better than Femships in a lot of ways, but like this whole headcanon of Caden pining after Shepard after all these years, just to finally have their moment at the end before the last fight against the Reapers. It's gorgeous. It's tragic. It's right up my alley. The only part that's like a bit weird to me is when he says, and there are benefits to that happiness. Is that supposed to be innuendo? Like it just seemed to come out of nowhere. Yes, honey. It's a benefit package. Like chocolate and blowjobs. <laughs> so sanity check is their safe word. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You try to not pick a two word phrase for a safe word, but sanity doesn't really rhyme with much. So I could see that. Well, I just think it's funny how that's how that's how Shepard responded. What'd you call it? A sanity check? <laughs> like right after he said that. Choco anyway, jumps. You know. Sorry. <laughs> hmm? I just saw what Apollo posted in chat. I said chocolate and blowjobs, and he called it a choco job. <laughs> oh, Do boy. not include food in your mouth while giving a blowjob. That will cause a UTI. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, everything before Caden said benefits to that happiness was like a romance novel level sappy and flowery and awesome to me when they talked about it just feeling right between the two of them for them to be together it made my heart so happy and what a payoff for gay players who have waited for this moment for years maybe they've waited to hear that their squad crush also harbored feelings for them all these years and to find out the love isn't unrequited after all to finally get to say yes to a proposition when you've had to say no so many times before to keep with your sexuality. What a beautiful moment. Of course, now we need to address the romance culmination scene, because this is also another big difference between the femship and the broship romance plot lines. Mm -hmm. Okay, before I play the clip, I am going to uh, set the scene a little bit. Uh, because when I talked about the femship romance scene, we talked about how she was straddling him on straddling Caden on the couch and he did the sexy grabber by the ass and just stand up. I am so glad that they did not try and make that scene work by just swapping out the body models. It would have looked awkward as fuck. It wouldn't have really made sense. And I don't know if Caden actually could pick up the bro like that. Like the height difference and the weight and the bro's got to be fucking heavy. Anyways, so I wanted to set the scene that they still are on Shepard's couch. But this time, Shep has his arm around Caden's shoulder and they are sitting facing each other. And I feel like that is such a more natural pose for the two of them to be together in this scene. So thank you for giving us that. Now, let's listen to this. What are you thinking about right now? Uh, the good times and the hard times. <laughs> it's been an unforgettable few years. Yeah, especially the time we've spent together lately. It's just been so intense. Feels like a lifetime. You're exactly what I need right now. Caden. <laughs> I lied. I, I didn't come here for a quick drink. I didn't come here for a quick drink. I came here for a long night. Oh. The fade to black goes and then it comes back to the four of their legs entangled together i love the fact that they are wearing their matching little black boxers together but we see them standing there now shepherd is the one leaning up against the bed and caden 
pushes him down. We can see the power and the lust in his face. And again, there is no need for a slow crawl. Caden knows exactly what he wants. He and Shepard toss and tumble on the bed for a moment. And it fades too soon for my liking. But damn, we finally get to see some skin on skin gay romance option. And I'm here for it. It was so good. I I really liked when Caden said that it's felt like a lifetime, even though it's only been a short time. Uh, and while, you know, that can be an indicator of like a deep infatuation type of whirlwind romance type thing. But I think with them, it's not that because they've known each other for so long. Like they know each other so well and they've been really good friends for years until now. So I think for him, it's just because it feels so right because they do belong together. That's why it feels like a lifetime. Heh. <sighs> I wish they could have had a whole lifetime. Agreed. Like, to only have it be such a short time that they are together. But I really do agree with the fact that they built their relationship based off of a friendship and a deep level mm -hmm. of trust and getting that set up beforehand. Like, that's how we feel about the Shikarian romance as well, because in Mass Effect 1, not a romance option. So you build a camaraderie with him. You build a friendship with him. And then in two, you're like, okay, we can actually make this work. Of course, with Caden, two isn't an option because you're Cerberus. But then in mm -hmm. three, it's like, now we're together. We can be together. And I just really, really like it. It's really good. Caden's romance scene, Caden's Citadel romance is also really fucking hot. Mm -hmm. And I have a clip from uh, his Citadel date that I just happen to have lying around. <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. For no reason. Yeah, I love a man that cooks for me. There's just something about his Raphael Sabarge's voice in this one that is just pure hedonism and i fucking love it hey shepherd i'm starving what do you got we're heading out caden we'll just end up back here anyway am i right right oh my god Ooh. right there's just something about that voice we'll just end up right back here am i right Mm, I'm done. I'm done. Stick a fork <laughs> in it. Alright. Now, the end of the game is basically the same between Femship and Broship. But even though he pretty much says the same thing before you make the run for the final beam, it hits differently as a gay romance. Maybe one of his two regrets is not speaking up sooner about his feelings. Or maybe some of his life he owes to you is the happiness your brief but deep love has brought. Guess we're old soldiers, eh, Shepard? Yeah. I guess we are. We know the score. We know this is goodbye. When this is over, I'm going to be waiting for you. You'd better show up. Don't get me wrong. I'm gonna fight like hell for the chance to hold you again. But listen, I... there's things I want to say. And looking back, I have a few regrets, but not many. That's pretty damn amazing, right? Messed up kid that I was. Never would have dreamed of the life I've had. And I owe a lot of that to you, you know? It's been quite a ride. It sure has. They're just so sweet together. Like, I know. He does. <laughs> I don't know. And especially with this one, 
obviously the romances that I have personally experienced, the romances that I have played through and taken the hundred plus hours to get to are going to hit me harder than the ones that, okay, I've just watched your romance vid on. But oh my god, it just, it's so good. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's, I mean, I know a lot of people said when they released Legendary Edition, there were a lot of people that were upset that they hadn't added in Cadence Romance for Brosheps back in Mass Effect 1. But I don't know if they could have just narratively, because of this, they would have had to record all new lines. The stuff he says in Mass Effect 3 wouldn't hit like this. It wouldn't make any sense if you had romanced him back in Mass Effect 1, you know? And so it would have been a huge undertaking, just like technically speaking, but also it's okay that it exists this way. I think like, yes, it's, it's not okay in the sense that like they didn't have gay romances. That's not okay. They did try to fix it when the third game came out. Like when these games came out, they were already so far ahead of everyone else. Like I, I feel like we there, I mean, as much as we don't want to give grace for the time, like we kind of have to. Because that, that was it. There was just quite simply, no matter what you wanted to make, you still had to abide by the publisher's rules and EA doing whatever they wanted. Or you know what I mean? Like there were so many rules they had to follow and they sucked. And I'm glad that those are changing. But I don't think we need to go back and change the romance for Caden to make it in Mass Effect 1 also for it to still just be a good romance in Mass Effect 3. Yeah. Like, let's make new games and let's have those new games have fully developed, wonderful gay romances of all of the shades in the rainbow for LGBTQIA+. You know, like, let's just have total inclusive romances and friendships and stuff. But, like, as far as Mass Effect goes, I think that boat has sailed or the ship has taken off from the <laughs> Citadel. You know, like, it's gone. We just, I mean, it's not, it may not be what everyone exactly wanted but I think what it is and what we got is still so good for Mass Effect 3 anyway. You know, like it's just it is a really beautiful little romance. And how many times has that romance played out in real life where you've had somebody who didn't realize their sexuality until a lot later in life? And yeah. just I mean, look at The Last of Us, episode three, the show, guys. Um, if If you don't watch that episode and tell me that's the best thing you've ever seen then you're lying, first of all. And secondly, that's a middle-aged gay man love story. You think Bill went through his life knowing he was gay and acting on it? No, he knew he was gay, but he never had acted on it. That doesn't make their romance any less special just because it wasn't their whole life. Sometimes things come later, and that's okay. I went on a soapbox. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's a good soapbox to go on. <sighs> I need to cry about yeah. this one. I do. <laughs> no, I'm oh, going to play seen it yet? No, no, no. It, no, I haven't watched The Last of Us. I'm waiting for the whole series so that way I can binge it on a weekend. Oh, it's, it's all out now. The last it episode is. played last weekend. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh. It's a good one. But yes, let me tell you, the, the third episode is a piece of art. It is so good. But I just, I thought of it because it's kind of like with Caden, you know, that's how my headcanon for him always was anyway. And I know I'm not alone in this where it's just like he maybe didn't realize he was gay until the third game you know when he was a little older or something there's that story has played a million times where people just discover more about themselves as they age and that's okay he, maybe he wasn't always gay i know people try to use the whole like oh but they recorded lines for both romances with both like mark Mir and jennifer hale but i think that was just like a voice acting thing yeah. not a we cut the gay romance out of the game thing i've heard both takes but yeah. I heard from Bioware people that it was really just a production thing. It wasn't a narrative. Like, they didn't cut anything. They did in Mass Effect 2 for Jacob and Jack. But for Caden, yeah. I think he was never intended to be gay until the third game. I agree. I don't think that he was intended to be gay in one. Or, it. okay. Caden, to me, he, he, especially since he talked about, he talked about Rana and fully explicitly stated, we did not date. We were just really good friends. He said that he was attracted to Liara, but Liara is technically not a female. So there's that. Also, 
And then supposed and, to be attracted, attractive to everyone, though, I think is like their whole thing. Right. And then in two, when he talks about going on a date with a doctor on the Citadel, everybody assumes that it's Dr. Michelle. What if it's some mm-hmm. dude? Yeah, like, I don't know. think that I don't think they gender the doctor in that letter. Yeah. And I should say Caden's. Well, the other thing is, is Caden technically is bi, I suppose, but only when you zoom out and look at the possibilities of who can romance him in the third game. If you're playing as Femship, he's just straight to you. It's not like he ever tells you he's been with a man before. Right. But if you're playing as Maleship, I guess you could see him as gay or bi, depending on exactly what you just said, like how you take what he's told you about his past. Yeah. Uh, not <laughs> that you know much about sexual. his past relationships. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely player sexual. Yeah. I think we have to end the episode on the heartbreaker, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Here, take Shepard! You gotta get out of here. Yeah. That's not gonna happen. Don't argue with me, Kate. Don't leave me behind. No matter what happens, know that I love you. Always. I love you too. Be careful. Go! His face in this scene. I. Fuck. The fact that he says. The fact that he says, be careful. Like, he knows, Kate knows that he's not coming back. But if there's a chance. Well, I think he'd hold out hope, too. He's seen Shepard die once before, you know. I think he would hold out hope. We've all held out hope with the destroy ending and all of the war assets and the last breath. I still hold out hope 10 years later. I've seen some some of my favorite Mass Effect artwork is from the Destroy ending. And it is like each of the love interests carrying Shepard out of the rubble. Like just walking down the streets of London holding Shepard. And it's just like, I want that for me. But I don't know what I actually would want the next game to be about because I also just want Shepard to get some sleep. You know? Yeah, honestly. I want Shepard to retire off the royalties from the vids to somewhere tropical and raise some Krogan babies with Garrus. That's what I want. Or let Shepard and Caden move back to Canada and white picket fence it and then have Vega... Mm -hmm. And everybody just come over on weekends to watch sports. And it sounds great. <sighs> All right, V. I think we have talked about our male lovers enough for tonight. <sighs> Any final thoughts on Caden or Ve- or not Vega? Caden <laughs> <laughs> or Steve? Um, no, no, they're all every. I love them. They're good. I wish they got more time, like time in the game, as in like more, more scenes. Yeah. I always want want more scenes for everybody, though. That's not anything new. Right. We just want a Mass Effect dating sim. Let's not even worry about the Reapers or any of that. Just give us dating sim. Yeah. I don't need to fight anybody. I just need to talk to people and bang them. Okay. (laughs) We'll bang, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to leave us a review on iTunes or give us a rating on Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can now find me on the Cyberpunk Lorecast with my co-host Toasty, where we explore the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future for all things cyberpunk. And of course, in our Two Girls One Ship channel on the Robots Radio Discord. Come give us a follow on all the social medias and on patreon.com slash two girls one ship. Links are in the description.
I'm on the Robots Radio Discord as well, and on our own Two Girls One Ship Discord server where we nerd out on all our favorite CGI significant others. Be sure to check out our live streams on Twitch on Fridays at 10.30pm Eastern Time, 7.30pm Pacific Time. Our podcast episodes release on Mondays because you need at least one good thing on a Monday. So thanks for listening, and remember, beauty is in the eye of the controller. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry, and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember... Swooping.